Hey, 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 Bachelor Masters here. This is your co-host, Craig. Co-host Caitlin is going to be with us in a little bit. She got caught up in a meeting. But uh, with me, as always, is co-host EZR. How you doing? Hey. I thought I'd do a, like a normal podcast intro. <laughs> like, Hi, I'm Craig. And with me, as always, is... Yeah. Uh, um... uh, I didn't tell you yesterday, but I had, I had lunch with our... Boss oh. on the Bridge Burner Podcast Collective. But, Rob. I could have been there. I know. I know. It was kind of a last minute thing. We talked about life <laughs> and movies. And we also talked about, because he does a podcast called Vanderpump Robs, which everyone should listen to, also part of the Bridge Burner Podcast Collective. We talked about Vanderpump Rules because easy are, unless you've been under a rock. I am not. I know everything. Vanderpump <laughs> Rules has been in the news lately. Oh my goodness. Uh, That's what I wanted to emer- talk about. He did an emergency podcast of it on Vanderpump Robs, and then he was going emergency. off to record uh, Allison Rosen's podcast called I'm Your New Best Friend. It's a big, big time podcast. He went on there yesterday with Peter from Vanderpump Rules. So what do you know? What do you know, EZR? Well, just that the longest lasting couple that has is was yeah. free of scandal. The man cheated on the woman with yeah. a new cast member that was a yeah. friend of the woman. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I just don't want to say their names wrong. Is it Ariana, Tom, and then the new woman is Rachel or Raquel. Ra- but Raquel. But her real name is Rachel. Her real name is Rachel. Yeah. She's not, I wouldn't call her a new cast member. I'd call her like new adjacent. Mm. I don't know anything about it. Well, I, you know, where I heard about it on the Chris Harrison podcast. Oh, really? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the Chris Harrison podcast. They try to talk about the Vanderpump. Uh, he tries to get into it with his horrible take, but. There's not much there that you haven't heard everywhere else, although he acts like he's creating this new, you know, he acts right. like he has some insight, which he's never seen right. the show, as neither have I, really. Yeah. Well, Tell me more. Tell me your, give me your insight. Give me Rob's insight. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, th- there's a lot going on. The thing is, is like, so all the original cast members basically got fired for one reason or another, except for Tom and Ariana and Schwartz and... Over time? Uh, yeah, just just like for various reasons, like Stasi dressed up in a Nazi uniform. He called it Nazi chic. Oh. So she got fired for that. <laughs> what the hell is this show? <laughs> and uh, uh, Jax got wrapped up in a, in a, in a, a scandal where... Um, a couple of other cast members in him called the cops on the one woman of color for something she didn't do. And so that was a big deal in real life. They called the cops on her just as like a prank. And, um, as a prank, as like a prank. Yeah. Okay. And so they got fired for that. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, so Tom and Ariana persevered. And the thing is, is like the whole plot line of this season, which so happened six months ago is them opening this new restaurant how Tom Sandoval and the other Tom have their entire life savings on the line. 
all their money is wrapped up in this new restaurant, which hasn't opened yet. I mean, it's open now in real life, but it's not open on the show. And they're like struggling to get this thing open. It's causing all this stress and it's breaking up relationships and it's like <laughs> causing all this stress. And yet Tom and Ariana are like persevered, you know, and then he cut away and started a band, you know, the band's doing really well because people want to go see him. And all of a sudden this scandal just puts a halt on everything. Because people are going to be like boycotting the restaurant. They're going to be boycotting his band. You know how they say like any publicity is good publicity. In this case, I don't think it is because it's really going to put a, a wrench in his plans for world domination. Rest one restaurant at a time. Just like all the yeah. other chefs that are, or what is he? He's just a restaurateur who uh, obviously own massive amounts of what? Like, I feel like it's like a dead end business at some point. It's like, yeah, well, that's just, they're, they're kind of like break, trying to break in. But the funny thing is, is like they all bought how all the OG cast bought houses in a place called Valley Village. I know Valley Village very well. Yeah. So they all bought houses there. And now Tom and Ariana, now that their house is going to be up for sale, we assume. It's, it's, it's for sure she's going to break up with him. Ariana's going to break up with Tom for over this. I mean, I get yeah. that it was a deep cheat, right? Because they're wearing yeah. matching necklaces. Yeah. It wasn't just like a one time thing. No, I yeah. think they're going to break up because Tom. Apparently, from what his friends are saying, or, you know, like TMZ or whoever the people are that report TMZ, he wants to be with Raquel. Oh, he wants to be with her. Yeah. So you uh, parasocially know Tom. What What do you think? Do you think he wants to, wants to be with her? And do you think I, actually I don't a deep under, betrayal? I don't understand the allure of Raquel personally. Does she have a lure, though, to some people? Yeah, I would say so. People that see her, meet her in person, say that she's really, like, alluring, both physically and kind of, like, how she acts and stuff like that. I don't know. She comes across really dumb. That's kind of her shtick. Mm -hmm. She know things. And, like, I don't know. She's kind of, like, got that, uh, remember that show, The Newlyweds, with Nicholas Gray and yeah, Jessica Simpson. Simpson? Yeah, it's kind of, like, kind of like that when she came on. Um, but I don't know. He he's my age. He's like late thirties or forty, mm -hmm. and she's twenty eight on the show. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's not a good pairing. <laughs> I know. So it's like people are like, "Does he really want a younger woman that bad that he just blew up his entire life?" And and do you think that um, the other lady, his ex uh, Ariana, they were really good together and made sense and everything? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. they've been together for 10 years. I mean, but that doesn't mean anything. Seven years? Seven years. No, they were okay, really good together. They, they were. They, they they made a good team, you know? Yeah, so. okay. Well, I... Uh, I'm well, surprised you know as much as you know, though, PZR. This is a... Uh, I mean, I, I uh, follow all the tabloid pages, and that's all it said. That's all I saw, and I'm like, who are these people? And, of course, like, once you see, oh, Vanderpump rules. Okay, well, there's... I mean, it's not a complicated thing, except for I would, I was asked, I am asking you, and you did first, uh, deliver that deeper knowledge of like, well, who is this? You know, is this long lasting? This guy wants to stay with his 20 year old. I don't know. You know, that's interesting. Right. That's the interesting yeah. part because cheating is easy, but will they yeah. stay together? Right. Um. Anyway. Well, there's one more piece of deep, juicy knowledge that I'm about to drop on you. Mm hmm. I am going to guess 
on Vanderpump Robs for the episode that's coming out on Friday. Ooh, so yeah. Any of our listeners that want more co-host Craig, which I know you do, and <laughs> want to hear me talk about Vanderpump Rules with with Rob, just uh, go over to Vanderpump Robs podcast and uh, you know subscribe. Yeah, or whatever it is that you do on your phone. So, what is this? Not subscribe, is it? It awesome? is. It's it's download, subscribe. I think it is subscribe. It is on my phone. Um, okay. And yeah. yeah, well, it's a uh, you know, Bravo cameras rush to the scene. You know, I'm sure they're yeah. on a break and they're like, oh no, let's get over there. Yeah. The Chris Harrison no, podcast tried to uh, di- dissect it as well, and I mean, they kind of had to play the drop. Well, oh, well, I'm I'm not ready to talk about the Chris Harrison podcast yet because there's a lot there. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, I I'll just tell you one little nugget to save for later in the podcast. Um, yeah. No, you know what? I'm going to save it. I'm going to just save it. We talked about, he talked about Vanderpump rules and he had no idea what he was talking about. And Lauren Zemo really does. So it's kind of like this situation, except that Chris Harrison <laughs> is a like just a moronic, but he thinks he knows that that's the saddest part. He's right. like, I am so like the doc, like he tried to act better than the doc you follow shows as is he was on, he was the bachelor. Like he was right. on the show, the bachelor. That's not, that's all reality TV. That's all anyone ever right. sees. So, yeah. okay, um, I, we'll come back to it. <laughs> well, one other thing about um, my conversations with Rob mm-hmm. that actually involves you. So, he loves our David Lynch minute, <laughs> and uh, loves it when we talk about movies. And so, he recommended a movie that he thought you might have seen. Mm. So we'll find out. It's a Al Pacino movie from 1980 called Cruising. No. I thought you were no. going to say like Saturday in the Park or whatever that one is called. No. So apparently it's a, it, they got, this is what Rob told me, they got the cooperation of S&M clubs in New York, <laughs> the film in, in the clubs. Uh-huh. So it's a, it's a movie where Al Pacino is like a cop trying to unravel a, a murder in well, the S&M club. It's like a eight millimeter the yeah. real version. <laughs> so he he wanted us to review it. It's on HBO Max. I don't know. If I I have. Whoa! Yes, I have HBO Max. So we could do it. We want to review uh, like a S and M movie on our Bachelor podcast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For the David Lynch minute, I think it's a good fit. Okay. Okay. Well, you know th- those David Lynch minutes are supposed to come up organically, Craig. Not like let's review yeah. a movie. Well, in this case, one of our listeners who happens to be our boss at the Bridge Burner Podcast Collective. It specifically requested. So when your boss asks, point taken. Do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm over caffeinated. Uh, oh, I'm under caffeinated. I, you don't drink caffeine. Oh, wait, that's Kaylin. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. At a certain do you drink caffeine? <laughs> Okay, the perfect timing, like literally perfect timing, because I was going to start talking about the episode. He said literally. I did. Well, it's literally <laughs> perfect timing. I know, but there's not much literal, like it's not like I wouldn't believe the literally part. You know, <laughs> it has to be, I literally fell through the floor. Like that's, and then, you know, there's a hole in the floor. Like that works well, literally. Oh my gosh. My oh. uncle literally fell through the floor once. And this is actually our... Very funny story that I'll tell you quickly. My uncle, who's a dentist, uh, 
like in their practice, there's a little attic area where they keep storage stuff. He went up to the storage attic to like grab something and the floor gave way and he landed on a patient's chair underneath. Whoa. And anyway, that patient has a fear of dentists. And <laughs> they kept in touch. <laughs> well, they didn't come back after this. They were like, I'm, I'm done. I can't. And we're like, yeah, it's understandable. Whoa. Yeah, that's heavy. Literally well, heavy. It's literally heavy. Well, one of the women last night on the show said, I'm literally on cloud nine. It might have been Katie. Yes. She said, I'm literally on cloud nine and 10 and 11, I think that's what she said. Um, I was going to say, at the beginning of the episode, uh, Zach, he says, he's trying to get to know Katie, and they're like, oh, I don't know anything about you. And like, he goes, What's your favorite color? Right? Yeah. Purple. Yeah. So it yeah. reminded me of when Dean, remember when Dean had his little meltdown and acted like a little baby? And Rachel Lindsay was like trying to console him. He's like, I don't even know anything about you. Like, what's your favorite color? <laughs> yeah. The, I don't under, and then, yeah, I, I, I don't get these get to know you moments. That's not what the show is for. The show is not for mundane, like, what's your favorite Monday night activity? No, the show is for, like, let's see if a whirlwind romance can, like, work <laughs> when the cameras aren't. I mean, it's very, I, it's boring, and it's inane, and it was like, you know, who cares? That's not fun. That's kind of, I don't know. I wanted them to make their typewriter poems rhyme, too. The whole thing oh, kind of bored yeah. me. Um, but she did say again, I've been rejected so many times in my life right. and in another statement that all the men in her life rejected her. And then she went on to clarify that to Zach himself right? about literally like, there you go. Yes. All the men in her life has, have rejected her. And that's like, you know, that's not a positive thing, but she didn't just mean romantic relationships. Right. Which was, which is very interesting, right? <laughs> um, well, I know you have a particular interest in that kind of thing. I do, I do. <laughs> because it's it's a dangerous place to be if you haven't sought help. Right. Yeah, I have to... Well, we know that... I'm pretty sure we know anyway that Gabby has a therapist because I believe she mentioned it. But I'm really hoping that most of these women do, based on the stories that they tell Zach on their dates. I'm like, you should be speaking to a professional about your feelings about this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <clears throat> um, she, I don't, uh, Katie is, you know, I, I don't like the way she, she did it on her uh, Natural History Museum date where I feel like she just wants to be beloved and look good on TV, but she makes a great play for him, and it seems super sincere. Um, I think it's the best play that any of the women make for him. Uh, we can hear it here. One thing I want is a family. It's huge to me. Yeah. Like, stability, which is huge because I've never felt that before from a man. Just a man that's going to be there for me. Truly, because I, I, really? I haven't had that. Truly. But when I'm with you, like I can see 
that safety, that security, that stability. Like, I think you'd make a great father and I think you'd make a great husband. And you're just, uh, you're an amazing guy inside and out. And I'll tell you that every day, but I want this more than anything. How does she know he's going to make a great husband and a great father? How does she know that? Who cares that saying that is like bumping you up to top two? Yeah, well, it, he loves hearing like, that. Yeah, exactly. Even I don't if think like, yeah, there's no way to know if it's true, I'm assuming, right? Like there's nothing about Zach that we've seen on TV that means he's going to be a great husband and father. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> if anything, he might not be a great father because we know that he didn't, he did not love the idea of having a stepdaughter. That's for sure. He was you freaked know, out about that. Well, uh, let me just tell you from personal experience a great uncle is not going to be a great father all the time and uh 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 i I mean i'm guessing he's a great uncle right because he has nieces and nephews that we saw at the barbecue um but i'll tell you one thing as a mother (laughs) who has a partner who is a great father i'll tell you what the one Thing that makes him a great father is uh, <laughs> it's gonna be like super ni- like there's okay, no way i have guess. a guess go ahead i was gonna say physical presence sure that is super important <laughs> but that is not gonna make anyone a great father comes home after work instead of going to the bar uh that is not gonna make anyone a great father <laughs> in fact that's gonna be some resentful father Maybe. It's it's nice probably for some folks. Um, he shares the things that he likes in pop culture with them. Oh uh. no, <laughs> that, that makes that makes me highly annoyed. I'm like, please don't indoctrinate our children to anything. from <laughs> watching WWE on Friday night. No, he doesn't. He has to do it after they go to sleep. So you guys are never gonna guess. But the, the here's the thing: he was a night nurse for a disabled person in um in college really so yeah oh right okay yeah yeah I knew that. You, you know who i'm talking about right um and so him when he hears a he's a very because of that experience he's a light sleeper and he's used to changing diapers and doing all so he's had experience with and that's the one that that's it that's it <laughs> like that that sets him over the edge because the, over the top because he is um experienced with have with like not being selfish about sleep and about have feeding someone else first and about putting someone else first that's it so in my in my view in my... Oh. okay so this is really interesting to me because we actually have some information about zach's sleeping habits from katie because she talked about this on a podcast you know their museum overnight date uh-huh oh yeah um, and somebody, I can't remember which podcast this was, but she was on one of the like bachelor related ones and they were asking her about like, you know, oh, did anything happen on the overnight? And she was like, there was absolutely nothing sexual there. Uh, but she said that the reason why she said she was up all night when the women asked was not because they were either doing anything and or that they were staying awake talking. Uh, she was awake all night because she's a super light sleeper and has like bad sleep and just couldn't fall asleep but zach was sleeping deeply for most of the night it's possible to change 
<laughs> but you will become very resentful if you're the only one who has to get up at all times or if you're not sharing the burden because i am i am also a light sleeper <clears throat> um uh you know so it or, or you know it just you you become the things hormones everything affects you and you just become alerted to children and stuff so the great father conversation is a little, you know, interest. it's interesting in a lot of ways because obviously she's just looking to start over in her life. Like, forget her childhood. She wants a family because she wants to right all the wrongs. Like, she needs to reparent herself. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that, um, right, that she doesn't quite, if she has not sought therapy, then she doesn't quite know what she's looking for here. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Like, with the way that she was talking about this, I think when you say something like, you'll be a great father and a great husband to someone who like, how on earth would you know, you know, mm -hmm. I think what she's really saying is like, well, he's shown a willingness to do those things, which means he's probably going to be great at them. And I'm just gonna, you know, like, I want him to be great at them. So I'm gonna say that, you know? Yeah. And you, yeah, there's no... um. <clears throat> Like, uh, you never know who you're going to be until you're there. And I, I, you never know. Like, you really don't. I, no matter how prepared you are, you do not know. Um, you think you know. That's kind of the worst part of it is that you're like, no, no, I'm doing fine. I'm doing just fine. And then you're like, you know, falling apart. Um, <clears throat> so, okay. <laughs> that was Katie's date. Anything else? <laughs> um, not too much i think it was interesting i guess the selection of the people to go on the one-on-ones this week right so katie obviously seems to be a favorite of his so a choice to you know just spend more time with him i guess mm -hmm. uh and then the brooklyn date he it seems like he always knew that he wanted to dump her if that makes sense <laughs> then he was like he, he wanted to just dump not him. Yes, but yeah, like she's not going on to the next round. And so the reasoning for choosing a one-on-one -on -one is not, it's not because he wanted to spend more time with her. I'm assuming it's because they wanted to have like a gentle dumping of her. Uh, as opposed to Kat, who was just... As opposed to Kat, who the producers <laughs> do not care if she is gently dumped. Yeah, weird. Weird to see. I mean, okay, yeah, that's true. Because Brooklyn is definitely, they wanted to give her her space for her story and her life and she had kind of a similar katie thing going on um where she didn't have a father figure i mean she did she had a father figure but she didn't have a bio dad in the picture yeah yeah and um and cat cat is such a weird case because <laughs> she 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 is such a weird contestant right she is on top of the world in the Bahamas date. Like, she is a supermodel. And then you see yeah. her, like, you know, two weeks later, and she is just a groveling, frail thing of, like, just upset at everything and doesn't know how to get control of the situation. And she looked different. She didn't physically look different, but she, her falling apart saga was very interesting. <laughs> she just completely disintegrated. Yeah, it was fun to watch. It's fun to watch. It's weird to see like a supermodel type not 
yeah. like descend into not being a supermodel type. She's like objectively a 10, you know? And yeah. here she is just completely melting down because one guy doesn't give her the full attention that she thinks she deserves or something. Right, but it kind of became like she became actually interested in him, which I didn't quite think she was week two. Right. Or maybe it's just a competition, but it was weird. It was a weird meltdown. Um, did you guys notice that Brooklyn's uh, bathhouse date that they added in this fake fog to not yes. have to go through the motion of like blurring everyone's face? <laughs> yes, the like the mist in the background that covered everyone's faces was was an interesting choice. And I also love that the they got everyone to like clap and chant for them to kiss. Yeah. Oh, oh, I hate that. I hate that. No, I just thought it was funny. The no, like, it is everyone so funny. in the bathhouse do this. But like, can you, can you imagine that? I mean, that kind of thing happening in real life is a nightmare to me. That's why I would never have my own wedding. Um, it's a nightmare to have everyone look at me uh, and then have to kiss. Like, I would die. I would die. That's my version of hell. <laughs> oh, look, I'm going to file that away, easier. Already... Why are you trying to be my demon? <laughs> Craig's got a literal filing cabinet with like notes in it. Yeah, I do. I literally have a filing cabinet. Um, let me ask you a question. So when it comes, to, when it comes to someone like Cat, who, you know, is is like objectively falling into the sort of like categories of cis hetero normity looks good looks. I guess is what I'm trying to say. No. Uh -huh. um, does she is she gonna get is she been bullied in her life? I'm trying to come up with some. There's no like way reason why she melted down. I mean, yeah. she because you can get I do not be... think she would have been bullied on this. Did, like, did did you see the way she reacted to how Brooklyn when she stood up for? I mean, Brook. I wouldn't say Brooklyn was bullying her. Brooke Brooklyn definitely said something that she didn't like, and the, her first reaction was "ew," which is. What, not what you do if you've been bullied. Okay. Yeah, I think that she, the reaction to the Brooklyn stuff definitely made me think like she has not been bullied and she has very rarely, if ever, had someone like vociferously disagree with her on anything. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Wait, okay. what were you thinking? Well, she melted down so dramatically. I thought maybe she got bullied for being like, I don't know, too too beautiful, too too hot. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, that's like, normal. She could be off. She could be off just, but it could happen, right? She could be off. It is. It is possible to happen. I'm just laughing because it's like a fake story that people will make up. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like I was bullied when I was younger for being a model. Yeah, exactly. It could happen. It could, people, no. kids are are ruthless. That's all I'm gonna say. Yes, it's they're no. wild, but yeah. <laughs> If you're, there's also, she's also always had her own, like, group, I'm sure, who bullies, start, who starts the bullying. Um, wow, okay. you guys are, yeah, you know, just, I am going to point out that you guys are just, you are putting a lot of assumptions into this answer. Yeah. I mean, you know, yes. I'm just saying I mean, that. Just saying. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it's true. It's true, whatever it is. There's no way. Um, G Greer <laughs> never got her one-on-one. -on -one. Now, I oh. edited this, but I thought this was so important.
important here because it, she, oh man, she does, she just can, she, she gets to a point where she just starts whispering and doesn't stop. Just pretty, uh, yes, pretty funny. <laughs> to give a hometown rose, I need to feel a hundred percent confident that I can see a future. And I don't feel that. I mean, I like understand. I understand where you're coming from. I respect this. I'm stuck to eye on this really obvious sense, and we have an answer to it. No, you're not I'm just a bad and that. Uh, I really appreciate you being so uh, on all this and transparency and self thinking. I have really enjoyed the time that I've spent with you and I've grown a lot. So, uh, you know, and it just keeps going like whispering. It could be the best clip you've ever pulled for this podcast. Excuse me. <laughs> what? That was great. <laughs> well, I should say I cut out some stuff and I squish it all together because it was just I couldn't let I couldn't not keep all the whispering in and then she does a two camera that's also in a whisper voice for no reason <laughs> She's like, yeah. I was curious about this first it does remind me of do you remember when Rachel did this to Clayton on his season like she was sexy whispering all the time and then the sexy whisper vanished when she was the bachelorette uh and I, it just reminded me of that because of the whispering and like being like, is this a thing? I also wondered if she was like legit losing her voice or something because it just didn't stop. And I was like, did she lose her voice from like coughing or something when she had COVID and it's rearing its head now? We're like, what's going on? Well, she I spoke normally early. <laughs> I think it's just her crying. She, she just whispers what she if, if you want to get into the weeds about it, I really do think that what happened was that she was stopping herself from saying stuff and whispering or have taking on any affect kind of makes you think about everything you're going to say twice. So that way you are not going to say something you don't mean to, because no one, when they break up, go, thank you so much for the opportunity. And uh, <laughs> I want to say a lot from this relationship. Oh no. Yeah. It did sound like a job interview sort of thing right yeah yeah I mean, it could be that i'm like it could just be a thing when she's upset like she just starts whispering or something like hard to know i will say there's one thing that zach said that i wrote down because it made me laugh out loud the thing that he was saying and it was you do deserve the love i can't give you she said that to Brooke. He said that to Brooklyn, right? Or to Greer? Yeah, he said. Yeah, I think he said it to. Both, I, think. I think he said it both. I think that one was to Greer, but it was something similar. Yeah, to, to Brooklyn. To Brooklyn, he said, uh, "You deserve love I can't give you." Which is that the same thing? <laughs> like a I like a great man thing. that well, yeah, something like that. But yes, and I'm what's like, again with the deserving love? What an interesting phrasing of like, "You deserve the love I can't give you." Yeah, <laughs> it's just such Not a funny thing to say. And like, and I get what he's saying. He's trying to be like, "No, you're a great person," and like, "There's nothing wrong with you." It's like I just don't have the feelings for you, you know, right? But it's 
And I guess it's like a, a nicer way of trying to say that. But the Greer thing was also fascinating to me because the last time we saw a contestant get COVID was Logan, right? And he just vanished from, it was like, Gabby was told that he had COVID. The men were seemingly not told that he had COVID. And then he was just gone. It wasn't like, let's wait for him to quarantine and maybe he'll come back next week. It was never mentioned again. Yet with Greer, she quarantined for, they said, six days. And then they flew her to the next location specifically to be broken up with. So I'm curious about, like, what the, you know, why didn't they want Logan to have broken up screen time? Or, you know, like, what's going on? <laughs> well, we, we discussed this at the time, but I really think that Logan's, Logan in his producer mind was like, I'm, nev- I'm not going to get a better cut than if I leave right now. And so he just decided to leave because he knew, I mean, decided and probably agreed with, he decided to leave because he knew he has to look good and that's the best way to look good and that he is um, a few steps ahead of everyone, technically. Right. (laughs) Technologically. That makes sense. Yeah. It's interesting because it seemed like, well, I guess, yeah, I was going to say, it's hard to tell if this is what, you know, she actually thought or just the thing she was saying. But when Greer came to Zach's hotel room, she sounded very much like, you know, oh, well, I'm I'm ready for you to meet my family, like ready to move right on. You know, she didn't seem like she saw the breakup coming immediately. Um, but it seemed inevitable to me when they're like, oh, Greer's coming back. And it's like, oh, he doesn't even like her anyway. And he has to get rid of women because he can only have four next week. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously he's about to dump her, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, hey, let's break for a commercial uh, from another podcast on the Bridge Burner Podcast Collective, which you've heard us talk about a little bit on this podcast here. So here we go. One, two, three. Do you prefer your podcast to have solo narrators to two people telling private jokes? Are you looking for a podcast that is about true crimes and unsolved mysteries and not, I repeat, not two friends hanging out and rambling about nonsense? Do you like podcasts that stay on topic 100% of the time? If you answered yes to these questions and reenacted an Unsolved Mysteries podcast, it's not for you or the folks that left us those one-star reviews. We are just two pals who love the 1990s show Unsolved Mysteries and have no interest in actually solving mysteries from the episodes we watch and recap. Come get spooked with me, Robert, and my friend and relatively normal woman, Christo, every two weeks as we talk stack, ghosts, UFOs, food, and occasionally crime on Reenacted and Unsolved Mysteries podcast. And we're back, and we're forced to talk about Ariel now, which I'm begrudgingly agreeing with. Go ahead. Caitlin, last week, me and Craig vehemently disagreed. I don't want to say vehemently. We disagreed about Ariel and her <laughs> demeanor. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I was going to say that Ariel is the sex pick, but then you mm-hmm. guys informed me that there is no sex pick. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Yeah. No sex pick. So if you watch the preview for next week, or sorry, for well, for next week, but also for two weeks, what does he say, Caitlin? So he specifically says he knows sex week, which is what he calls fantasy sweets week off the That's top. That's what I call That's what you call it. Too. He calls it sex week. 
uh, but he does not want to have sex during sex week. Um, they don't really give a reason in the previews. I'm assuming he will talk about it more in the conversation they show. Looks like he's talking to Jesse about it, possibly. Yeah. Um, so we will see. But here is my thought. From what we see in the previews about this, right, he says he's not going to have sex, but then they keep on showing some line where he says, it was an act of love, not lust. And I was like, so everyone's theory seems to be, he says he's not going to have sex, but he does have sex with at least one person. That's what yeah, Katie, I'm folks sure. think, right? And that then he has to potentially explain that to somebody, right? Ooh, that like, that he said he wasn't doing it with anybody, but he did do it with someone. That um, that's a better than the Clayton I love you to so many people thing. <laughs> I would love that. I had sex with her. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. Didn't mean to I, do that. I, I tripped and fell in his <laughs> dick. So that might be what happens, but I would agree that in a normal situation in which the bachelor was intending to have sex with all or most of the women. But Ariel does seem like the natural sex pick because he clearly is attracted to her. And she is like a sexy lady. She has a sexy demeanor, you know? I I say she has a sex appeal because she is unattainable and stoic and uh, stone-faced. Mysterious is what they keep saying. Oh, sure. <laughs> also, unapproachable is my word. Oh. And um, scary teeny. Was that scary kindergartner. Unapproachable thing? <laughs> yes. Oh, my no. God. See, we went, Caitlin, you weren't here last week, but we went on and on about this unapproachable thing that ECR has cooked up about Ariel. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to me because, so her vibe is... Like she's sort of classically pretty, very interesting looking. She doesn't, she doesn't have the same sort of approach that a lot of the other women do with him. Like, right. you know, on this group date when they're all crying over the things that revealed, and Ariel's just like, "I'm cool about the things revealed about me." You know, <laughs> that, that was the best. The best part was when Brooklyn they took Brooklyn's bag, and these women are he- head in their hands, face in their hands, like like. T- <laughs> You know, losing it, and Ariel, they show a shot of Ariel, and she's like, mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> so I just think, like, her personality is, like, she is not, she is not the same type of personality as these other women. She is more, like, in control, more stoic, less emotional in that way, right? And I do, I could see that being extremely appealing to someone in a sea of women who are like, my trauma, I'm crying, you know? I could see it being very appealing and attractive that somebody is just like, yeah, things have happened, well, kind of whatever. <laughs> I just you. want to point out that Katie has is not the crier. So Katie joins that club too, I think. No, not to the same degree, at least. I think she is a little bit more emotional, but she is not the same. I think even when she's talking about sort of her her traditional kind of sob stories on the dates, right? It's like her last relationship she talked about in the first one, and that was somebody cheated on her. And then this one she talked about, you know, all of her father figures leaving her. And she's emotional, but she's not, like, sobbing. What do you think about her ADHD reveal? Oh, that's Gabby. That's Gabby. Oh, right. Okay, never mind. Oh, my goodness. Anything you're right. You're right. 
Only two burnets, basically, and you can use them. Merged together in my mind, but you're right. They're two separate people. I was getting, at the beginning, I was getting Ariel and Gabby. I mean, week two, Craig. That's a week two mistake. Um, Ariel and Gabby and Katie and Kat confused for each mm-hmm. other. <clears throat> but, I mean, that went away really fast. And Brooklyn was in there somewhere, too, with, like, the Katie's. Um, okay. I uh, think, uh-huh. like, when during the, the scene that um, Kaylin's just describing where they take uh, Brooklyn's bag and they all start losing it. And just the kind of the way that they've all been losing it throughout this episode. I just couldn't help but think, I know this is kind of pedantic, but it's like, imagine if the women cared this much about world hunger or world peace or who's going to win the presidential elections. But no, it's whether or not this guy is going to be faithful to them. I mean, that's the most important thing in their entire life. They're just Wait, losing it over this. Yeah, I gotta say, it's a little unfair, that comparison, Craig. Yeah, I know. Craig, they're, they're basically in, in like, a, you know, a beautiful cage right now. And they're losing it, like being in jail, <laughs> except that it's great and possible. Okay, here's the question. Yeah, it's like a social experiment situation. But I would also say, to your point, Craig, about like, you know, caring this deeply about world issues, that a lot of people care much more deeply about their like romantic relationships than they do about, say, world hunger. Of course. Yeah, I, I get that. It's just, it just it got to were started booking me because they were just losing it so much and i'm like there's more to life than the guy who broke up with you like six months ago or something like that and so a question for you though do you th- the women and zach do you think they vote um i'm gonna say vaguely yes for the majority probably i bet that zach votes it's just, I think zach probably does he probably votes republican so there's that uh some of the other ones it's hard to say because some of them are also super young so it's like were they were they even voting age in the last (laughs) few presidential (laughs) right because uh who was the 23 year old um yes yes yeah well okay Anyway, so that was just, it's just, it struck me just a little bit. That's all. That's all I got to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so here's his own breakdown from the top of the episode of the top of the hometown women. Let's see what he says about each and how um, into them he is. I feel like it says that. Last week, you had a really fun date with Ariel. She has this confidence about her and quite frankly, that date. I was not expecting it to be that strong. Wow. Yeah. Gabby. She's funny, but she's quirky. And I'm searching for something to maybe make me feel a little nervous about. And I'm not finding any. Wow. With Katie, since the beginning, I have always felt this attraction and easy conversation. And it's just gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. Parody, she is someone that makes me feel really comfortable and I could just be myself. I'm really lucky to have her here. Look at the windows. Look at the windows. <laughs> I also found Jesse's, wow, very funny in there. <laughs> wow, yeah. 
<laughs> um, well, so based on that, I mean, last week, Craig, <laughs> you said <laughs> that like Terry was like, I don't think she's in the running here at all. Um, I who? charity charity oh, charity yeah I <laughs> who which of the women are oh, that's not what I meant come on it, in the same way I don't feel like Ariel is in the running really so it's between Katie and Gabby and last week Caitlin we kind of said that he's it's probably going to be Katie but in a perfect world it should have been Gabby or it should be Gabby um and that's because in sincerely or perhaps not i'm not sure i think it might be sincere katie is saying all the good stuff and it makes sense but i do feel like gabby she's keeping all those uh she she has a makeout session with him that's very like whoa they maybe they they're the ones who have sex yes. and that's how he decides on like that staircase shot where they show yeah. them just like He's pushing her up against a wall and making out with her. Yeah. Maybe he's like, get her out of the way, pick Katie. Um, but, you know, she... Gabby doesn't make the long-term plays that Katie does. So this is to, to, to converse that earlier Katie great father conversation. This is Gabby's kind of ho-hum, low-energy play for him, which I felt was pretty weak. That means a lot. That makes you feel a lot better because I do really want you to meet my family because I talk about them all the time. I'm like, I want them to actually see them. Yeah. And then, like, my mom and sister were like, Gabby, we really think that you could, like, be a good match with him. And I was like, I love that you guys are so into this. So I have no <laughs> doubt in my mind that they're going to love you. I know I slip up and say like a lot, but she said like six times in that sentence. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just pointing that out. Oh, okay. Well, I just, I just think that um, I understand why Katie resonates the most, even though he receives them all kind of equally. You know, they all kind of charities does the same thing. Ariel kind of does the same thing. It just wasn't as it's just not as profoundly needed as Katie's is. You know, Katie's a little bit, yeah. very, very, like, please. Make me your fiance now. Whereas Gabby, <laughs> I feel, you know, I feel she's a slow burn and she, I feel, but I do think that her and Zach are the most compatible. Yeah, I do. I think I agree that there does seem like the way that Gabby's personality comes across and Zach's comes across, they do seem very compatible. No, 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 yes. I disagree. Yes. Okay, Craig. Well, we'll see I about the. Caitlin and I disagree on something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, she's quirky and goofy and whatever. I, I think but it's he, the body image stuff. Yeah, he he's wants to be quirky and goofy, I think. So I think he likes that about her, that she's like a little... Because he sort of sees himself as a goofy guy, even though he does not come across that way. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he might say it, but he doesn't yeah. show it. So it's hard to... All right, with this, I'm saying I do think that those are the top two and that those are the women he's the most into yeah. are Gabby and Katie. And it's hard to say exactly, you know, like what, what will happen, but it does seem like Katie is more of a front runner. I wonder if any of the... So Katie currently lives where Zach 
currently lives. And I wonder yeah. if any of that makes it easier to say like, oh, it's so easy to see our future together. Cause like once we start dating out of here, neither of us will even have to move until we decide to move in right. together. It won't be a long distance thing at any point. So like until maybe there's also an ease there. Yeah. So well, until they both move there together, potentially. Right. All right. So I'm like, yeah, maybe there's an ease and like a comfort of being like, she just fits into his life as it already is, you know? Well, what do you think of going back to Gabby? What do you think of her ADHD reveal? And I'm getting that right, right? Yes. Yes. About who, who it is. <laughs> yeah. That has ADHD. I mean, I think it, it's something that was interesting to me about this mentalist to date, right? Oh, oh, we haven't talked about the magician yet. I no, we I have not talked about him. Uh, save some space. But this that. happens on that date, and it seems like a lot of the women's specific freakouts on this date come from something that the mentalist said to them, right? Yeah. Like Gabby has that thing where he asks, like, you know, like what what is your cube in the desert made out of? It's <laughs> glass. And then he says, you know, she's transparent, but like some people still get confused by her. And she's like, oh no, some people find me confusing. Is it because of my ADHD? And that's what like sends her down this road to be like, maybe they're confused because my brain is confused. And the way, <laughs> and I'm just like, and it's such an interesting thing that his one comment sort of sets this up. And similar with Charity on this date, right? That like, She's like, oh, no, the mentalist said I wasn't over, like, my past heartbreak. And that means that Zach will think I'm not ready. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, talk about your mentalist date that you're so into, which is weird. I mean, the guy is... The, the guy is what's just... What's so weird about that? But I don't see how it's the best date ever. I mean, it, I, it's a guy I who's, thought who's... it was legit one of the coolest things that's been on The Bachelor. I mean, we're used to... No name singer songwriters that that's true. To. Well, they didn't we're even give to... him a Chiron, they should have. Yeah, they should have given him a Chiron. Well, speaking of Chirons, we're used to uh stolen, you know, native traditions without Chirons, mm -hmm. you know, like uh in Mexico or whatever. We're used to we're used to just junk. This guy comes along and how did he get the hearts on each of their hands? He that's... just he touched he had it on his Hand, it's a sleight of hand trick. That wasn't even the Look, hardest. That was the easiest thing. To, they shouldn't have put that on TV because no, I felt like that was cheap. They didn't open their hand. They kept their hands down and closed. No, I'm just saying. Okay, just I'm just saying. saying. It was, I, look, it, I know there's a. I know there's an answer to how he did it. Okay, mm -hmm. obviously, mm -hmm. but I think it was really cool that how it all laid out and then his like you know. There's an answer to how he did the chalkboard one too, but that was pretty cool. Did, do you love David Blaine? Do you love all that? No, but I watched Penn and Teller fool us. <laughs> that, that's different though, because a mentalist, what they do is they, instead of doing a strict sleight of hand, they talk to you a lot, I which know. is a little different. I know they have mentalists on Penn and Teller fool us. Oh, they do? Yeah. There was one mm -hmm. guy on Penn and Teller fool us who, um, I mean, it, it would, they 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 knew how he did it, but they were like so impressed with how he like because you have to he like asked questions of the audience as they were walking in to the studio like hours before, and then was able to like remember who 
who had said what and the wiggly was regurgitating all this kind of stuff about them and they said like the 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 mental power to be able to do that was so unbelievable you know so like mentalism i think it's just it's you got to remember a lot you got to know a lot you got to be able to you know think through things and i think that's just as fun to watch as like maybe knowing how it worked or something you know what i mean so you loved it loved it <laughs> i liked it a lot craig did love it because he sent that text to our group chat that was like wow this is the best date ever craig loves magic cool. and then the women melting down that was cool too yeah he got them to melt <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was intrigued by, uh, you know, at the very start, he does the thing where he draws the heart on Zach's hand, and then it's like, whoever you have the true connection with, the heart will show up on their hand. And then it was Gabby's. And I was like, interesting. Interesting that Gabby was the chosen one. Yeah. Yeah. How do you do that, EZR? Um, He just put a sticker on there. He, he had something already set up. I mean, you want me to, do you want me to ruin magic for you? I love magic. But I'm also, you know, I you love magic. You've done nothing but diss this date since the beginning. Because I don't really understand the, f I mean, we had a legit magician contestant and they didn't even keep yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. So I'm always going to be hurt <laughs> by that. That's true. <laughs> Roby. Yes, oh, Roby Sobieski. His last, his, I hope they, his middle name is Wade. <laughs> oh, Ro that's fine. Wouldn't that be cute? Kind Roby Wade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Careful, we already dissed Zach for voting Republican. We don't want to wait too far into the. <laughs> no, I think that'd be. <laughs> We're gonna lose listeners. Um, okay. Uh, the Chris Harrison podcast. Are you ready for the real Drop. thing? Oh yeah. Thank you for reminding me. An update from the most sane and humble and definitely not bitter at all. Chris Harrison podcast. I'm also just self-centered narcissist. So we already talked about how he talked about the Vanderpump Rules uh, headline, but he had talked a lot about headlines um, at first. So I just want to get this out of the way. He talked about Chris Rock, talked about, um, well, he, he does a lot of embedded advertising for apps and shows. Oh, really? um, mm -hmm. He had um, that, that dangerous dingbat, uh, Jenny McCarthy on. He had Ari and Lauren on, um, you know, whole... Uh, so here's, I, I, I want to get to my clip, which I think is, there's a lot of stuff that he talks about that's boring and whatever. Um, but one little nugget here is that he, he stated how much he loves Dave Chappelle and Lauren Zima had to step in there and kind of correct him on the dog whistle to make it sound less dog whistly. So that was really funny. Um, and then, uh, oh, so another thing he dropped is that he has had a vasectomy. Uh, he had it very young because I guess Dean from Dean and Kaylin uh, want a vasectomy and they want to reverse it. Right. Who knows? Who cares? Um, so here's right. where they get one now and then reverse it later. Right. As if that's just the easiest thing in the world. And he kind of right. said it wasn't. He is not getting his reversed, but he said it's not a pleasant thing. Um, you know, lots of little things here and there that are just kind of like mildly interesting, but not really. So here's where his dangerous idiocy comes in for me. <clears throat> he was talking about the SAG Awards. Now I'm going to play the clip and then I'm going to, we're going to 
think about this because I am very frustrated about what he thinks and how possibly just obtuse he is or yeah. probably just self-centered narcissist as he himself. One one bone to pick with the SAG Awards. Ooh. And I have always had this issue with the SAGs, which I have covered. I've been on the red carpet. Here comes the drama. I'm a member That's of Lord SAG. Zima. Are so, you? You are too, I assume. Of course yes. I am, babe. So we are, babe, where do you think I'm getting my health insurance? We are <laughs> both SAG members. I have been a SAG member for many years. They never recognize reality TV shows. The SAGs represent and celebrate TV and, and film, and they've just never given in to the reality world. And I remember back in the early 2000s when we were really crushing it, Idol was crushing it, um, some of these other shows were really picking up steam, and I thought they were going to give in like the Emmys did, and they just never have relented in that way. Um, so, so there's no reality TV categories? None. Oh, that's such a good point because yeah it's yeah. sag aftra i mean which they they combined years ago to include like radio of television so. well i promise ryan seacrest bergeron me Phil, I, I mean we're all sag members, you have so. to be by right. the way because shows i mean to explain it the way shows work is they're union shows so you have to be a union member in order to work on these shows and you're right there's no, no. reality tv category so that's my only bone to pick well we've talked before too about i mean i'm looking up at the uh at our mantle right now you have an Emmy nomination he for one of his nominations. But I, when I was covering <laughs> the show, always had a right. bone to pick with the Emmys about the fact that The Bachelor, you guys never won. Were you ever even nominated? Never nominated for anything in any category. Which is nuts. You're the number one reality TV show. The 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 work the crew did, the, the production value of The Bachelor, it is nuts that it was never nominated. It takes a big campaign. We never leaned into the campaign of it all. I mean, look, the, the politics of it is, is this. And I'm surprised we didn't at least get nominated. I agree with that. But if the people, this is hard politically to say, if the person that's running the show is not very popular in this business, you're not going to get the votes. That's as hard as he goes after Mike Fleiss <laughs> in the like seven or 10 episodes we've had so far, whatever, maybe like four, you know, maybe four weeks of it or whatever. Maybe it's been more. I don't know. But that's as hard as he ever goes after him. So I'm um, intrigued by the, uh, so he's very mad that the SAGs don't nominate reality TV folks, but I can very well see why they don't when everything, I guess, but the host are not supposed to be actors in right. the show, right? Like it's supposed to be real. So, so you wouldn't nominate like the lead of the show for an acting award because that would undermine the entire premise. And even with the hosts... I get like what Lauren Zima is saying, like, you know, they're all members of the union, essentially. But hosting is different than acting, right? Like, right. it's well, something about it, like, yes, I guess you are playing a role of like, this is the host voice or whatever, but it's still not like, it's not the same as like a normal acting gig, you know? He, he He's basically saying that he should have gotten a SAG for hosting. <laughs> um, so super self-centered, all about himself. That's all he's saying. But the thing that's purposefully obtuse about it is that he is not recognizing that the reason reality, show, reality shows took off was because there was a strike. I mean, there's no way he doesn't know this and he didn't right. say it. There was a strike that created this void on television so that the SAG, so that, union members couldn't work in solid some of them 
you know, they just they didn't work. And so to fill that void, executives put more reality TV on. And so reality TV is a betrayal to the to the SAGs, to the union. Right. And he is not recognizing that fact. It's all about me, me, me. I, this is hard-hitting insider knowledge you only get on the Bachelor Masters. Well, I mean, that is that is truly, you know, dangerous true. idiocy. That is true dangerous idiocy there. Because he's either acting like he doesn't know, acting, or he is uh, purposefully hiding what the truth is and trying to forget this history that was huge for any SAG member at the time who's been in the SAGs, you know, who's been in SAG for for more than 20 years. Um, I'm just dumbfounded that he would betray, no matter who you are, if you are in a union, you try your best, whether you're Brad Pitt or you are, you know, the day player, you are the, the background actor who just happens to get the vouchers and then now you're in SAG. You try your best to cover for both, you know, you're up and down. You're okay. You're, you don't look out for yourself when it comes to union issues. And this is true in SAG. Um, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm so, so shocked that he would even say that. I mean, you even hear Lauren Zima kind of stand up for Zag, right? SAG right there. She says, well, how do you think I get my health insurance? Yeah, she cackles about her health insurance. No, but she says it in a way that's like, of course I'm in SAG. I need health insurance. <laughs> well, she I, I feel like she says it is like we're so I'm so lucky of look look at what it does for yeah, me. Yeah, but these are remember, these are two like borderline MAGA writers. I, I I actually liked Lauren Zima a lot. And then she was on this podcast and I respect her a little bit less, but I feel like she's always trying to rescue him right. from the borderline um I mean, there are a lot of things, but they're definitely not, at least at the very least, not smart comments to make. And at the worst, they're they're He's burying himself. You know, he's burying himself. And she sees that she tries to rescue him. Um, So, yeah, I just. He says a lot of. Dumb, not interesting, not smart. You know, he doesn't have any good perspective. He's not in any way all the things but then when he starts to pick on the one organization that is protecting people from like basically living off of you know i mean some people are just borderline living off when you join a union you are leveling up and then he's kind of attacking it because they don't recognize me and my you know it's just it's a little much to me yeah no that makes sense it it reminds me honestly a lot of like I remember going to this conference panel years ago that was talking about being a freelance archivist and, you know, like how to do that basically. And at the end, people were asking questions and one of them was like, well, how do you get health insurance if you're not, you know, employed right. by a company? And every single person on the panel was like, oh, well, I'm married to somebody who has like a very high paying job and I'm on their health insurance. And we're like, okay, so that's not replicable, but like without SAG, that's what you would say like actors would have to have, right? Like a spouse yeah. who works a regular job who has health insurance they can give you. Exactly. Yeah, it is a, it, I mean, people always say things, especially SAG, because SAG is such a, um, 
you know, when 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 you make it big, you the payouts are insane, right? But if you're either you're honestly either working for a hundred bucks a month or you're making it big. Like there's very little middle ground in acting or in like performance, you know, performing. That's how that's how thick the line is. So to attack that line, um, for Chris Harrison to have attacked that line is treasonous. Like that that that's my problem here is that I okay, full disclosure, I guess, as a member of SAG, <laughs> I am very upset with his comments. Right. Um and I think that is like I, I'm I'm I don't I, I like it it's very hard for me to to even like joke around about how you know how 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 like you know uh, oh my gosh he's just making another ignorant comment over here like he doesn't at this point he is he is he he needs to get called out by like some big big time people here <laughs> not just me right you're right right yeah right yeah <laughs> no it, it it gets bad i mean like i just saw an interview like look okay as as like I just saw an interview with um, Ke- Ke- the guy from uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. The um, yeah, Ke- Ke- John, you know, is um, he just gave an interview. It was posted on another page, but he basically said that he needed one more job, um, the years during the pandemic to keep his health insurance because it was so bad. He hadn't worked in, like he said before, like in decades. <clears throat> So he was, he basically is now on the awards circuit, right? So he went from literally probably starving and uh, definitely no healthcare for an entire year to now being on the red carpet and like probably making a good amount of money off of that, you know, we hope. But these people's lives hang in the balance um, when he makes little comments like that, when you try to chip away at that that union strength. Um, So... The, if this, you know, seek out this, this man will tell you and put it in the big context. The, um, I, I'm, his name is escaping me. I know his name is Key, but I don't remember his last name. Um, because I never saw, well, him. Uh, but you know what I'm talking about, right? As somebody who's not in the union, I am insanely jealous that you are in. Mm. <laughs> yes, I've never been in a union because none of my jobs have ever been eligible for it, but. I come from a family of like my parents were lifetime union employees. So this is a, a union supportive podcast. <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly. Um, I think no matter, I think, uh, you know, you have to fight to be in a union or you have to fight to make one um, for whatever thing you do professionally. Uh, I think that's true for a lot of things, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was funny to me, like, so, you know, I worked in North Carolina for years and I remember at one point my mom being like, wait, you don't have a union? And I was like, I live in North Carolina, mom. This is a very union unfriendly state. <laughs> like, of course I don't. Like, this is not, this is not New York, mom. This is not Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. And even in Maryland, it's not, well, things might be improving, fingers crossed. But for the longest time, like, there's there's currently a bill in the state house about unionization of faculty and graduate students right. in the state system and they've been trying to get that through for like 20 years and it's always been shot down but we will see there seems to be a little bit more support right now than before so maybe 
Right, right. Well, there, there are some, like I said, that because SAG draws this huge line where you, from this point forward, can make, I mean, you can go from making, like I said, like a hundred bucks a month to six figures with one project. That is not normal for a union, but the money is there. And that's the issue. It's like with, when it comes to entertainment, it's either eat or be eaten, you know? So you have to like stake your claim. And that that's the one difference is like, Teachers 100% need a union because I it is like it is rough out there for a teacher. But the amount of money you're making can seem comparable at the time because the 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 checks you're cashing, union or non-union, can be comparable. So it doesn't right. feel as big as necessity. So there's always kind of this like you know the the it's it's not the same. You can't uh, across the board you can't say the same for all the union work that there is but uh you should always fight for one because you will and i mean just for self-interest you will end up winning right right um anyway uh rant over i just wanted to make sure we uh put him on record as what he was trying to say uh and and it's <laughs> oh my man he is he is one tough listen i tell you guys that <laughs> this is not a what time did the episode drop it dropped early-ish, <laughs> but he had a lot of sponsored content, SponCon. You know, he's like, here's this app I'm promoting. Here's the show I'm now promoting. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. Well, Ari and Lauren have a new app. Have yeah, that's guess? that's the app I'm talking about that he was promoting. them promoting. Yeah. No, what does it do? It's it, a uh, dating. It's a, no, wait. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's if you want ideas for what to do on a date but you're willing to pay a lot for them then you go on duo and it'll say like tonight you should go eat truffles in the black forest you know and you I, put, I, press this button and you can set that up i i hate to defend this stupid app but supposedly you can set your price range at very low too oh okay <laughs> It it has to be a like right. So you set you set it up, and I guess Chris Harrison and Lauren Zima went on one of these dates, and um, they I don't know. Oh really? Yeah, like I wonder if they uh know what, to, and then they write you a note. So I don't know the they don't tell you the price points, or if it's just based on you know they're getting money based on the advertising and you downloading yeah. the app. Yeah. But but like at some point they write you a note. And do they research like the town you're in and then figure this out? Like, who knows? I mean, it's not them, them. So, right. You know, it's programmers. AI. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. All right. Maybe we should make an app. Think about a good idea for an app and we'll make it. <laughs> I love that. That's so, Greg, that is so classic. That's like, think of a million dollar idea and then bring it to me and uh, we'll work on it. Well, I, think, I think. Yeah. Idea. I, I know. Make apps. So if you have an idea, let's go, go to business together. <laughs> I got tons. So I definitely, um, I volunteered your services potentially, Craig, because oh, cool. you know, our fan, Jocelyn, we have a group chat going where we talk about Love Island UK with another one of our friends. And she was like, we should start a podcast. And I was like, Craig can help us set us up. If we yeah. It could be part of the Bridge Burner podcast collection. <laughs> so we will see if, if that happens or not. But That'd be cool, yeah. More podcasts, the better. When it, you know, from our little friend circle. Looking uh, forward to hearing you on Vanderpump Robs on Friday. 
Yeah, I'll be on Vanderpump Robs on Friday, like you just said, and it should be a lot of fun. I mean, technically, it's a recap episode of the episode that's going to play tomorrow night, but I'm sure we're going to be talking about all the scandal. Since it's involving Tom Sandoval, it's called Scandalval. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I didn't make that up. It's a hashtag. Oh, oh, it's a hashtag right now for what's going on. Yeah, scandal ball. Um, okay. Have, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of podcasts, uh, go ahead and leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. And uh, we'd really appreciate it. We'll read it on air if you do. And uh, I guess we'll just uh, talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.